1: It's time to talk all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Dennis Michelson, and Laurie Monroe from racetalkradio.com. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Driven by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Now, Final Inspection on 1057 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki.
4: Welcome to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure to check out their website and see all the upcoming events and all the improvements that they do every year at the historic Great Lakes Dragway. Good racing, good fun, good food, you name it. And then I'd also like to thank our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. They can be found on the web at milwcar.com. It's going to be a full show today. We got a lot of stuff happening. Uh, We got, of course, uh, the NFL draft, and uh, we will give you updates with all the Green Bay Packer picks as they come in. And hopefully, we'll get some feedback from our friends up in Green Bay this afternoon. Plus, we got Dennis Michelson coming up, and uh, he's going to be uh, giving us up to date with all the latest in NASCAR, the world of NASCAR. Of course, the big news this week is the Dale Earnhardt junior retirement news retiring at the end of the year and uh, we'll certainly get up to speed with Dennis on that and uh, we have IndyCar and Formula One uh, updates coming up with Eddie Lapine will be joining us and then at the top of the hour uh, a lot of your friends may know uh, Pat Heaney he's very uh, uh, it's interested in the I guess the history local history of uh, auto racing which is Definitely so rich in this area with all the old tracks, Hills Corner Speedway, Cedarburg, Slinger, and whatnot. And uh, we're going to be kind of excited to join forces with him and a few others, and we're going to have a Hales Corner Speedway reunion coming up, I believe it's September 17th at the VFW in New Berlin, and we'll be uh, chatting with uh, Pat Heaney and getting the latest from him on that. And uh, plus, hopefully, her schedule Permitting, we're going to have Lynn St. James on the show, and we'll be uh, talking about an event that we talked about. David Hobbs, the other half of the dinner coming up. Uh, It's the spring dinner event. It's at Siebkins Restaurant, uh, uh, his resort, I should say, uh, courtesy of uh, the historic race circuits of Elkhart Lake, which is a neat organization. And uh, they're having a dinner coming up uh, May 18th, and that should be a pretty neat deal. SVRA weekend. Uh, up at Road America, and uh, we'll, she'll be coming on, and we'll get the latest from her on that, and then maybe with the happenings uh, out in Phoenix this morning, what's going on there? A lot of neat stuff happening, so it's going to be a just a full show, Jeff Ralowski. It sounds great. It sounds great. I can't wait. So, what was your reaction when, uh, with when you heard the news of uh, Dale Earnhardt retiring? Ho hum. You know, it's not a surprise, is it? <sighs>
5: It is to me, okay. The concussion thing—I am not a—and this goes with football and NASCAR. I am not a huge believer that concussion, uh, repeated concussions can cause CTE, all that kind of stuff. I'm a—I'm a denier with okay. that. Now, the thing that that disappointed me about the whole thing is, I really want. You know, obviously, Dale is was great for the sport, put a lot of butts in seats, a lot of eyes on the TV screen. I want my guys, especially the face of the sport, to have racing in their blood and just love it like Tony Stewart does, like, uh, you know, like all the other guys that, you know, they can't live without it. For him to retire so early, to me, it comes off as a privileged kid, grew up at the races, never had to worry about money, all this kind of stuff. It just it cheapens his legacy to me so. a lot. And I, I, I'm everything I've heard. He's a fantastic guy. All the things, uh, the clips with him and his dad mm-hmm. at the racetrack and all that, fantastic. But for him to be, you know, you and I put it out on on your Facebook page. When when you announced you know had the story announced in his retirement, a NASCAR is not losing a competitive race car driver because even though he's in Hendrick and he's in the best equipment available, he's racing in the final laps. He's racing Ricky Stenhouse for position, so he's been in the twenty to twenty eight range, um, you know this this whole year and for well, the this last year hand. isn't
4: really a fair judgment. No, not yet. But because he's not—he's not really up to full speed, and we don't know if he. This could be part of the reason why, he may feel that I'm not the same driver I was.
5: Yeah, but he hasn't been good for the last couple of years.
4: Ah, uh, he's been fair. It's not. It's it's kind of unfair. I mean, it's not as big. I mean, a lot of people used to give Kyle Petty a lot of crap, mm-hmm. and I and I, I I've had and Kyle, Kyle Petty is an eclectic kind of guy. You know he, he's and he took a lot of crap for it. You know he did the music thing. He was interested in music, and there's a, there's a large side of racing, and unfortunately, a lot of people involved in racing that is their only interest. And it's almost like if you have other interests outside of racing, and you're one of these people who don't, you're kind of looked down upon. And Kyle Petty was one of those people. And I, you know, I, Kyle Petty won a few races. He lucked into a couple of them. Kyle Petty was a decent race car driver. Was he Richard Petty? No. Was he Lee Petty? No. And you know what? Adam Petty, his son was gonna be better than he was. Mm-hmm. But he, he still he survived in in in, 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 in a very tough series and probably the golden age of of racing and, and, and of NASCAR when it was when you had your Harry Gantz, Mark Martins, Rusty Wallace's, Dale Sr. and all those guys, it was really, really tough. And and for him to do what he did, I thought, you know, but he always has has kind of had that stigma on him, and I wonder if Dale Jr. kind of has that. Now, uh, I, my counterpoint to that is if you've ever seen his, his his backyard, I mean, this is a guy who loves racing. Who else would have a, a large acreage and have a bunch of junked race cars out there because he wants to kind of have them out there? I mean, you don't do that if you're not in auto racing, and he loves the history of it. You know, he's not one of these guys who, who knows a couple things and, I mean, if you talk to him and you, you've seen him interact with people and that he knows the history of the sport, and I got to give him a lot of respect for that because there's a lot of drivers that don't. And if they don't, there's nothing against them. There are some guys that are that know the history of the sport really well. Guys like Mario Andretti, Dan Gurney, Phil Hill, uh, you know guys that really understand it and, and, and appreciate it. And there's others that don't. AJ Floyd is one. Talked to AJ Floyd, and it's kind of a tough interview trying to get him information that doesn't specifically involve him. And and I was a situation I interviewed AJ uh, a, a year and a half ago, and trying to get some information on another driver, and it was it was a real, real tough interview. And I've talked to AJ multiple times, and he opens up on stuff pertaining to him. And now I'm getting a little bit off the track here, but I'm, I'll try and bring this back around here to Dale. <laughs> Dale Jr. I, I think Dale June Jr. is an eclectic guy. He has other interests in that. And I always joked, you know, when when after his daddy was killed and all these all these fans are like, you know, oh yeah, Dale Jr. This and that. And I'm, I'm like, I hope these guys were under, you know, understand, you know, these these rednecks, you know, I'm not saying all of Junior fans are rednecks, but there's a large contingency was, you know, that that yeah, this is a guy who's in hip hop music, like Chevelle, likes all the you know, the hard hitting new music and that, and and you know, what was in his uh, iPad at iPod at a time wouldn't be necessarily in most of their, you know, the fans iPods of, of the day. So, you know, I, 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 I really like him and I, I've, I've said this on the show and, and my friends, I, I love junior. I just don't really like his fans that much, but yeah, it's going to be a loss and it'll be interesting. Uh, we have a Sparky's take coming up later in the show and we'll, we'll, we'll get Sparky's take on it. Cause, uh, It'll be interesting to see what he does, and we're gonna try and uh, crowbar that into the show. We'll try and give you some lead time so you know when that's coming on. And as ever, I know it's Saturday. You guys are out and about listening on the radio in the car or somewhere at home, and you guys are doing stuff. You know that's fine. You can always we do we do podcasts our radio our our, uh, our shows, and you can listen to them anytime during the week or that. You know you don't want to listen to it when Jeff's producing the big show. <laughs> you know, during drive time, during the weekdays. But, you know, there's times where maybe tomorrow or something, you're working in the garage or something, feel free to to look us up on uh, uh, 105.7 FM, the fan, and, uh, and uh, you go to the sh- – there's a section, a drop-down menu s- shows section and final inspection, click on there, and uh, all the shows are archived. So – uh, feel free to listen. Uh, when we, We're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Dennis Michelson from Race Talk Radio, and we'll get his opinion on uh, Dale Jr. and what's happening in the world of NASCAR. And we haven't even mentioned uh, NASCAR is in Richmond this weekend, and it's one of my favorite tracks. I think uh, it's one of uh, Jeff's favorite tracks too, and we'll see what's uh, going on down in Richmond this weekend. You're listening to The Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee area Napa Auto Care Centers. On the web at MILWCAR.com. Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Centers. They're, they can be found on the web at milwcar.com Almost forgot to plug a, a little event I'm doing tomorrow. Uh, if you're in the area, or even if you're not in the area, get your butt down to Chicago. Oh my god, Chicago. Traffic, whatnot. Oh, we can't do that. Now this is easy. Uh, it's at the I'm doing an event tomorrow at the Collectors Car Garage, 2500 West Bradley Place, and um, it, it's easy. It's easy access from the expressway, and they have on-site parking there, so it's not like you got to drive around for an hour and a half trying to find a parking spot, walk five blocks to this place. It's easy, easy on, easy off, and there's parking right there. Uh, it's a pretty, a uh, pretty neat event I'm doing. It's a gentleman Start Your Engines kickoff that the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is doing. And they have Speedway historian Donald Davidson going around and giving speeches and, and whatnot and, and and talks and that about the Indianapolis 500. What's neat about this one is we're going to have Hall of Fame driver Paul Goldsmith join us at this event. And it should be pretty neat. Uh, yours truly uh, will be uh, emceeing, kind of trying to corral the two and keeping Donald uh, in check because <laughs> i might only have to give ask donald two questions and that might be it for the whole uh, for the whole event but it should be a neat event it's tomorrow from 12 to 3 the program uh, begins at uh, 1 p m light snacks will be provided i have no idea what that means <laughs> that might be finger i'm assuming it's finger food but it's chicago it should be you know decent decent uh, stuff and it's at the, at the collector's car garage which is a neat place in itself, we'll be talking to Dennis Michelson, who I th- believe has been down there already. Um, and you can uh, check him out. at. If, our, if you have any questions, uh, uh, feel free to go check out our website, uh, the TFI Final Inspection page on Facebook. I will also tweet it out on my uh, uh, on my Twitter account at Steve Zotke, Z-A-U-T-K-E, um, uh, at Steve Zotke on Twitter. And uh, it's thirty dollars per person, fifty dollars non-members. It's it's going to be a neat event. It's not just a, you know a couple of chairs and and just us drawing it on, but it should be a neat event. I guarantee you will enjoy it. And speaking of enjoying, uh, we have Dennis Michaelson on the Midwest Bank Hotline from RacetalkRadio.com. Welcome to the show, Dennis.
2: Great to be here, Z-Man. And yes, it's in the city of Chicago. But it's in an area of the city on the north side that is very easy, easily accessible. Heck, I don't even mind being there, and I live out the stick. Um, but it's right next to the WGM Studios uh, off of Addison Street. You're far enough away from Wrigley Field that you won't have to put up with, uh, you know, seeing all the W flags. But it is easy parking. And uh, right next to Lane Tech High School, which is one of the uh, famous high schools there, and, uh, and, and the Cubs
4: are in Boston anyways this week.
2: The Cubs are out of town. And even more important, uh, you guys picked an all off week for the Chicago Wildfire Ultimate Team, uh, which I'll be announcing for this well, year. Tell us about and, that, uh, Dennis. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's uh, Ultimate Frisbee, which is an incredible sport. If you kind of cross soccer with football but do it with a flying disc and no concussions, Uh, You have a good good time, but uh, great, great team. Uh, The AUDL is the professional league that just started out a few years ago. The talent is getting very, very strong in this league. And the Chicago Wildfire Entry, uh, they're playing the Detroit Mechanics tonight. You can watch that uh, starting at about 4 o'clock online at uh, Chicago-Wildfire.com. You'll find the link. And uh, starting May the 13th, you can hear yours truly, uh, Dennis Michelson, calling uh, the live play-by-play of Ultimate Frisbee. So it's going to be a great season.
4: Excellent. And then uh, going back to our uh, dinner thing I'm doing tomorrow, if you have any questions, feel free to give – I've got a phone number here, 847-421-2891. And I will repeat that. Easily in the accessible. Easy accessible. Easily accessible,
2: accessible and- Anytime Donald Davidson is in the room, that's going to be a
4: good time. It's a lot of fun. I'm really, really looking forward to it. And I, I've I've talked to Donald and I said, it's going to be tough for us not to go too obscure, you know, because uh, Donald (laughs) and I love tripping each other up with really obscure references. And of course he can dance all over me with that kind of stuff, especially when it comes to stuff in the twenties and thirties, which is if he's far more superior than I am, but uh, I, I love it. It's, going to be a lot of fun. Paul Goldsmith, I mean, this is a guy, he, he won the last race on the beach at Daytona. He's won. Wow. He's, he also wasn't easy. He's in the AMA Hall of Fame. He won on the dirt at Milwaukee on a Harley. He's in the Harley Davidson Hall of Fame, too. <laughs> so this is a guy who, he, he's, he's. I mean, it's unbelievable. So when Milwaukee was paved in 54, so I think it was 53 or 52, he won that race at Milwaukee uh, on a Harley on the dirt. And then he also raced at Milwaukee in an Indy car and in a stock car. And when the Hemi ban happened in NASCAR in 1965, uh, a lot of guys went USAC racing, including uh, Bobby Isaac, David Pearson, and he was one of them. And he raced up at Milwaukee uh, driving the, the, the Nichols Hemi's and then, and then eventually went uh, driving NASCAR then later in the late 60s. And he owns the Griffith Airport, which is right over the border from Illinois. Not far from wow. Chicago, and he—he's ninety years old, and he trains pilots from China to fly jets because there's such a there's such a demand now, and and everything in China is blowing up with you know with cars and all sorts of transportation needs that they need a uh, jet jet pilots to fly not only passenger but a lot of cargo stuff obviously. And uh, he's, he he helps train them and get them uh, do their ground school and then do the initial training and whatnot uh, for pilots. Uh, he does I think a, a dozen or two dozen a year uh, and give them get them on their way to get their pilot's license. It's a really neat guy. 90, 90 years old, sharp as a tack. He's got over twenty thousand hours of flight time, and I mean wow. just yeah, it, it's it's a neat 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 guy. So. It should be a lot of fun, and uh, come on out if you get a chance. And did I hear something about Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s retiring, Dennis?
6: Yeah, that's the
4: rumor.
2: You know, it's just like all, you know, last week we were talking about the uh, bogus story about Matt Kenseth. Uh, you know, it's right. another week, <laughs> another retirement. But this one is real, and it's, uh, you know, I'm not so much shocked that he's retiring after this year. I was just a little bit surprised that it was announced this early in the year.
4: Well, I think it's going to be hard to keep that a secret, so. Yeah, you're right. And,
2: and it was pretty amazing because he had a conversation with Mr. H a month ago today and managed to get it to the press conference without the story being leaked by anybody and without uh, any uh, in, in, you know inspired reporter um, breaking the story either, so... Uh, again, it's just a, another example of their great ability to keep things quiet, or the fact that the media nowadays in NASCAR doesn't cover stories unless they're handed them by NASCAR.
4: So uh, sadly, way, uh, sadly, I think it's a bit of both.
2: Yeah, it is a little bit of both, I think. But uh, but no, it's a, you know there are a lot of people that are very uh, upset about this whole thing. I mean, Earnhardt. His dad, the same way, but even more so a junior in in some ways. The fan base is not a typical fan base. It's like a cult-like following. Um, There's a lady uh, in the Northeast that's got tattoos all over her body, uh, saluting the 88 and Dale Earnhardt. Um, You know, you've got these people that they just love this man. And I will tell you this. His old man could be a pain in the behind, okay? He was tough to deal with. Junior is about the nicest guy. And I was listening to your first segment. You know, this whole idea of, yeah, silver spoon in the mouth, all this. This was a kid who had to work in the body shop at one of his dad's dealerships in order to earn the money to go racing late models. He was not handed the best and in late somebody, either.
4: I heard somebody he was, on this station had he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. That can't be well right. he
2: was. He, he was. He was absolutely born with a silver spoon in his mouth. And it's a lot better, you know, a lot easier when you're working in your dad's dealership than, you know, having to to go out there and get a job for yourself and, you know, out there doing, you know, working in the mills or whatever. But this is a kid who was brought up right by Dale Earnhardt, his dad, that he had to work for everything he got. He didn't hand him the best equipment in super late models. Like another NASCAR legend did with his son, Chase Elliott, when he came up through the ranks, he <laughs> had to work on his own late model stock car and get it ready to race. Cause his dad wanted him to understand the value of what it means. If you put that thing into the wall, exactly. So, Here's a kid who, who, yeah, he he had it all, you know, and his dad paved the path for him. And, yes, if his name was Dale Jones, Jr., maybe he would have never made it to NASCAR. But family ties and making it to NASCAR are nothing new. It's been going on since the, the second racer came into NASCAR. And so to go ahead and hate on this guy because he's his dad's son, To me, that's missing the point on the story of Dale Earnhardt Jr. The kid was required to work his way into the sport. And and i got to tell you, I've heard a lot of folks say, oh, he's not this, he's not that. No, he's not his dad. No, he's not a seven-time champion. Heck, he's not even a one-time champion when it comes to Cup. But there's only been 28 drivers in the history of NASCAR, that have won more races at the cup level. If you add in the fact that there are only 11 drivers in the history of NASCAR who have won the Daytona 500 more than once, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. is in that list, that's a pretty good list to be. I wouldn't mind being considered the 29th best person in the history of what I've done.
4: Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a frustrating uh, situation for, I mean, I, I guess, I guess, Summer, NASCAR girl, Summer Santana was always very anti-Dale Jr. in that. And I was somewhat, but I mean, he, he, he did, he has won races. he And he's done very well. He's had a couple He's, he did, let's face it, he did have a couple curveballs thrown at him, at, especially when he got burned in that Corvette at Sonoma early on in his career, and I think that curtailed him a little bit. So, you know, it's I, I, I'm in a happier place with Dale, Dale Jr. now than I was, and and I, I wish him all the best. I The one thing I, I thought was a little bit strange was him saying that he's going to run a couple of Xfinity events next year. And I understand why he would do that, and that's a way for them to bring in sponsorship and and grow, continually c- continue to grow that 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 team. And I would like to see that team maybe someday go cup racing because uh, Dennis, I think you'll agree with me that Kelly Earnhardt is the is the real brains behind that organization. But I tell you what, Dennis, we got to take a break here because uh, the Green Bay Packers are on the clock, and apparently the pick is in. So what we're gonna yeah. do? Yeah. Uh, we're going to play the Packers pick here. Well, maybe not here. Let's see here. It, this is supposed to go a lot quicker, but then when you're on live radio, it suddenly crawls to a halt. So we'll see what happens here. Because uh, what was it? Uh, the first day is what, 10 minutes between picks? 15. 15, and then second day it's, it's 10. And yeah. I
5: think today is five. Yeah. The only problem with today is that they're, you know, only a handful of picks you'll hear the actual announcement right. from, and then the rest they just flash on the uh, here screen. here it is. All so, right. yeah, they're in commercial Ooh. here. So, the Packers with fourth round pick 134 overall. The Green Bay Packers select Jamal Williams running back out of BYU, the first offensive selection for the Packers after four straight on the defensive side of the ball. Six foot, uh, 212 pounds, ran a 4'6 40. So Jamal Williams, running back
4: out of BYU. Yeah, he ran for 1,300 yards last year, 12 touchdowns in 2016. And uh, that was, we could kind of see that one coming because they went uh, cornerback, safety, uh, defensive lineman, and then linebacker. Of course, earlier today, if you haven't heard, Vince Beagle of the uh Wisconsin Badgers w- was the first overall pick today um, for the Packers and uh and now we have a running back so and we've got a uh, how many more picks do we have today Jeff I believe we have four more picks left And it wouldn't surprise me if Ted somehow uh you know makes a trade or something maybe foregoes one of those picks maybe to move up to grab somebody that they want so it should be interesting interesting to see how he does and uh the Packers got a running back. It's not necessarily the one that I'm sure a lot of fans wanted. I think they were looking for that kid from uh, Tennessee, perhaps. You know, and that. so. But, well, it, in, in Ted we trust, right, Jeff?
5: <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be. No one has
4: any idea what goes through his mind. I tell you what we're going to do here. We're going to go. We'll take a sports flash right now. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more with Dennis Michaelson from Race Talk Radio. And we'll find out what's going on. At Richmond, uh, one of my favorite tracks. I think every all three of us, uh, uh, Jeff Dennis and I, it's one of our favorite tracks on the NASCAR circuit. So let's uh, take a break here. It's time now for a sports flash with Jeff Orlowski. This
1: is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey, Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan.
4: Welcome back to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union New Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. They can be found at the web at milwcar.com. On the Great Midwest Bank joining us is Dennis Michelson from racetalkradio.com, and uh, it's the 63rd annual Toyota Owners 400, and it's very fittingly that we have a Toyota on the pole. Dennis Michelson, Matt Kenseth. Wisconsin owns on the pole with uh, the, the the kid the kid's looking good in the, the the Ryan Blaney in a twenty one car that that that's a team I'm very happy that they're running as strong as they are. Um, and yeah, the great was,
2: use, great great use of strategy in qualifying by Kenseth. He his fastest lap uh, to win the pole. That was the only time all day he had been the fastest at anything, but they only got him out there to do one lap each of the first two rounds, so he had pretty much the freshest tires of anybody going into that final uh, segment of qualifying yesterday, and it certainly
4: paid off. It'll be interesting to see if other teams start doing that very same thing because if you think about it, it makes sense, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, but he had to take a little bit of a gamble because I think he was only like seventh quick in the the second qualifying round. The first one, you know, there's no excuse for not making the top 24, but making that final 12 can be sometimes a, a little bit of a chore, and if you're only going to run one lap, you're not necessarily going to get the most speed out of that lap. So you're taking a little bit of a gamble because typically that second lap in a run tends to be their quickest out there at Richmond, but uh, he was able to to use uh, some pretty good strategy, take a chance in that second round, and save the tires for when it counted.
4: And then we have the very overrated Dale Earnhardt Jr., Gordon to Jeff Olowski, qualified 12th. It'll be interesting to see what he does, if he's even able to make get up tomorrow and actually race uh, because he's, might be more interested in eating at catered breakfast tomorrow. He's getting, according to Jeff, and uh, we won't go into any further than that. Uh, well, it's
2: but, a good thing he's got the he's got the masseuse on staff yes. to, to handle uh, all of those issues. So that's that's well, really good.
4: S- speaking of masseuses, uh, our our next guest uh, is apparently seeing a masseuse this morning, Eddie Lapine in Florida. So. I guess he's he's also has a silver spoon in his mouth. We'll have to hassle him.
2: Living that. living the life, as they say,
4: yeah. Yes, he is. Uh, of course, we love Richmond. Um, I I kind of wish this was a, this was also on Saturday night, but then that would be a conflict with the IndyCar races. They're out in Phoenix tonight, watching that. So we get a chance to watch these guys tomorrow. Who do you like tomorrow?
2: I am really leaning towards Kyle Busch. I think he'll have a good, strong race here. This is a track that he likes. You know, this is old-school NASCAR-type racing at Richmond. This is, you know, this is another good, good old-fashioned short track. I I noticed they've got the walls painted red and white again this year, uh, sort of the throwback to the old Winston days. And, you know, speaking of throwbacks to the old Winston days, we have a new show that is, uh, well, it's an old show that's returned as a new show at Race Talk Radio, so uh, you could check out Speedway City USA. If you love racing the way it used to be, check out uh, Harold and Beulah, uh, two, shall we say, elderly folks from West Virginia that uh, we've hired back on with uh, to give you a little bit of uh look at, at how racing used to be back in the day. And Beulah is quite the expert on racing because she'll remind you several times every show that she used to take care of fast Freddie Lorenzen's hair back in the day. So, uh, but yeah, so Richmond is old school though. This reminds me of the the oldest of the old school shows. Uh, you know, it, it's just uh, it, it's going to be good old fashioned short track racing NASCAR
4: style, and that's always good. Freddie had beautiful hair. Oh he had the best of hair in the especially all of Buley. especially when 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 he, it progressed into the late 60s early 70s it was quite the quaff beautiful oh, hair he, he, <laughs> would, he didn't even he have would. to wear a helmet he could have just just gone out there with his with the hairspray and that thing him and oh, Kerry Arbro was another man. one yeah
2: very very stylish man and he has it all to thank uh, to Bully so if you want to uh, thank Beulah for all that Wonderful haircut that she did back in the day, styling fast Freddy. Uh, head over to Race Talk Radio and check out Speedway City uh, USA, the adventures of Harold and Beulah. I think you'll love it.
4: Excellent. And uh, we look here we look forward to hearing from you later in the show in the next hour. You and Lori Monroe.
2: Yes. Lori always has some interesting things to say, and uh, we'll be telling you all about what the replacement driver for Dale Earnhardt Jr., who the eventual replacement, what that will mean about where NASCAR sits nowadays. So uh tune in later on in the show to hear that.
4: And uh it'll be amazing to see Dale Earnhardt the third in uh cup racing in the next few years. So looking forward to that, my man. And uh we'll look yeah, forward
2: I think, I think I think actually some of Amy's eggs have already been signed <laughs> to a development contract. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that baby will run 10 years and
4: quit too. <laughs> All right. We, we we will look forward to hearing from you in the next hour and then also uh, also next week, of course. Dennis Michelson from Race Talk Radio on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be talking uh, Eddie Lapine and get the latest in Formula One and IndyCar this weekend. the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Centers. They can be found on the web at milwcar.com. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from racingnation.com, it's Eddie Lapine in sunny Florida. Welcome to the show, Eddie. Hey, Steve.
7: How are you doing today?
4: I am doing excellent. How was your massage?
7: I knew you were going to go
4: there. Well, we were talking... It, we were talking about, uh you know, I'm making fun of Jeff because he was saying Dale Earnhardt Jr. was born in a silver spoon in his mouth, and I said, yeah, he's getting massages and whatnot. And I said, oh, by the way, and that's how it came up. So,
7: Well, every weekend when I'm at the racetrack, I have to watch the race drivers get massages and do interviews in between. So I thought this weekend that I'm not traveling, I thought I would try something new and – uh Schedule my massage for the radio show. So are
4: are you getting a massage right now?
7: Yeah, I was going to stream it on Facebook. You
4: should have. uh, Oh, that would have been awesome.
7: I know. Keep the
4: towel on, Eddie.
5: Keep the towel on,
7: buddy. (laughs) I'm I'm telling you, uh, Priscilla here is the best massage therapist. And when you're in Florida, you need to come and get a massage. How's that?
4: From Priscilla. Well, welcome to the show, Priscilla. We appreciate you coming on the show And keeping everything real, as they say. Uh, This week, uh, the IndyCar Circus is in Phoenix, or the Desert Diamond West Valley. That just rolls right off your tongue, doesn't it? The Desert Diamond West Valley Phoenix Grand Prix. And this guy has been quick in qualifying all year. Elio Castro Neves is on the pole with Penske teammate uh, Will Power alongside in the second row for the race tonight. A little bit of a surprise, if you weren't paying attention during the weekend, is J.R. Hildebrand and Ed Carpenter Racing in third. But he, he's been quick all weekend in all the practices. And then uh, he broke up the Penske uh, train there because Joseph Newgarden, who won uh, last week in Alabama, is fourth. And then Simon Pagenaud is fifth. And then the other old man of the group, uh, uh, Tony Cannon is sixth. And then the Mad Russian Mikhail Elotion in seventh place. It should be uh, I mean these guys are really cruising out there. You know, they they Phoenix is not the the Phoenix that we remember when we were a kid when guys like Bobby Unzer and Johnny Rutherford are running out there. It's a bit of a different track. It's it, it it's it's a much quicker track. And the average speed, I mean, for the pole, for the front row that is, is 194 miles an hour. We're talking about one mile oval. Did you ever think that we'd see a day where cars are going hundred and ninety almost hundred and ninety five miles an hour around a one mile oval.
7: Uh, no, Steve. Uh it's it's incredible. Uh and as you can see the Chevrolets definitely are an advantage. Um there will be an advantage tonight in the race. But yeah, they're they're really I don't know how the passing's gonna be. Uh it's just gonna rely on uh tire degradation and it should be really good, but it's going to be hard to pass at those speeds.
4: Yeah, it certainly is, and uh, it's 21-car fuel. Ed Carpenter had some issues. Uh, they actually had a, he had a fuel leak, which is pretty much almost unheard of, and I would hate to be the crew guy that, that kind of set up that car back at the shop because there's going to be some looking around seeing what happened, unless the thing, I don't know, I just can't remember when last time they had to tear apart a car like that for a fuel leak leak. Uh, down in phoenix and then uh the formula one group is in sochi russia this weekend and sochi you may remember you go that sounds familiar that's where they had the olympics and uh surprise surprise we kind of have a battle this year eddie uh ferrari actually shut out mercedes for the front row it's the first time ferrari has swept the front row since the french grand prix in 2008 Got Sebastian Vettel and uh, Kimi Rakinen in the front row. And I was just having a conversation with David Hobbs, who is uh, recovering from the flu and hopefully will be uh, doing the show, uh, the race uh, tonight, uh, early tonight, I guess you can say, this morning. uh, That, you know, I think the key for Ferrari, if they want to really contend for that manufacturer's. Uh, championship in Formula 1, which is very important and very lucrative, is that it's going to be the battle. The battle is going to be with the number two drivers. And there's been some talk with Kimi Rackin, is he really interested in driving this year? Is he really going to give 100%? And I think looking at what he's been able to do uh, this weekend, especially being uh, fastest in practice in one of the sessions, I think he is. uh, And then Valtteri Bottas, who got a lot of criticism, for basically kind of wimping away that one race to Lewis Hamilton, he actually outqualified qualified uh, uh his teammate Lewis Hamilton and qualified third.
7: Well, I think Kimmy's just gotta stay focused. Uh that's the problem. He's always had that problem. For years, Kimmy's yeah. had that to stay focused. He's, he's kinda had a I
4: reputation think- of uh like a but that that's I think it it might be a little bit unfair because that's kind of like his personality. He's got such a uh a, a, a Even though he's he's not from Texas, he almost has like a a Texas drawl, and he he seems so in control. I mean, you know, people thought Mika Hakkinen was laid back, and then Kimi Kimi comes in, and he's even more laid back than he was, isn't
7: he? I don't know. It's just the Finnish personality, yeah. Kinda. I mean, I know Tony Velanders, you know, from Finland, and good friends with Kimi, and. They're, they're all kind of the same way, and uh, they definitely know how to wheel a race car. And uh, if he can stay focused and, and just, you know, I mean, if he could put a win in the bag, I think that would make a big difference Oh, right
4: huge. Now. Yep.
7: And uh, once he would, you know, get that initiative and, and feel like, you know, he, he's fighting for the championship, I think it would be a whole different uh, championship. And I think it's the same way. You saw the story this week about Botas and Hamilton, no team orders, that they don't right. want any team owners. And uh, I think that, I mean, I think what we talked about a month ago when we first started talking about how um, uh, Mercedes was going to be in an advantage. Uh, we were wrong. I mean, Ferrari has definitely stepped up the plate and they're giving the drivers the cars they need and Sebastian's giving giving the team what they need to keep them fueled to give them good pit stops, good pit strategy. I mean, let's, let's be honest. They won the two first races because of pit strategy. When has that happened? I think Enzo's probably rolling in his grave right now <laughs> thinking
4: wow this did you is great. did you see the 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 qualifying did you see who uh daniel kafiat's uh girlfriend is
7: no i actually it, I it's not it, honestly
4: it's I, I, I believe that's nelson Piquet's daughter and i must say slow clap for daniel curry <laughs> holy cow wow he's uh that that's a winner right there uh, yeah, he, he's done uh pretty, he's well, done okay maybe, there.
7: Maybe, maybe he could learn how to drive a car.
4: I, well, I tell you, he's, uh, let's see, he qualified, he made it into Q2. I know that. Yeah. He qualified 13th and, uh, yeah, let's see what his teammate I, honestly, did here. I
7: don't know how he's still keeping that ride. Well,
4: it, we'll, we'll see next year
7: that they're bringing up through the Red Bull program yeah. because, you know, I mean, he lost it to Max, and, you know, I mean, I think he definitely is on the bubble, so yeah. he better perform at his home race.
4: He was only a 100th behind his uh, teammate, Carlos Sanz, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. And then uh, if he loses that ride, maybe he'll lose the, that other ride, so to speak. Um, so who's your pick in, uh, for Phoenix uh, tonight?
7: I'm going to go with Joseph
4: Newcard. I like I think, that pick, too. I think he's on a roll. I think I, this I is... Think,
7: uh, you know, getting the monkey off his back yep. last week, getting his first win. I mean, he put a move on Scott Dixon last week that Scott Dixon, I mean, respected it, too. And uh, I think he's going to be really tough tonight, I think. But, you know, it's going to be whoever can hang on to that car. I think it's going to be very crucial. uh because I think it's just going to go down to that last, you
5: know, forty laps. Jeff, how about you, real quick? I'll take Pagano. Okay, same. bright yellow is going to yeah. be hard for him to sneak up on anybody, but I think he'll get past him. All right,
4: I I I like. Uh, I'll I'll try and change things. I'm going to go with uh, my. I'm a. Uh, I listened to a podcast with Mike Hall, and he thought that J.R. Hildebrand was the the best free agent out there last year so it's I, I thought that was pretty uh high regard uh that uh mike hall from chip ganassi racing had on J.R. hildebrand that's pretty interesting all right we got the russian grand prix then sunday morning uh who's your pick for that one eddie
7: Vettel. i mean yeah he, you gotta go with Vettel right now yeah
4: I mean, jeff how about you on a roll same thing. If Eddie's picking him, Vettel. I'll go with him, too. All right. I'll go. I'll, I'll change things up. I'll go. I'll go rocking it. Racking it then. So just to kind of switch things up. All right. Very good. Eddie Lapine. Okay, give us a Richmond pick.
7: Boy, I got to think about Kenseth,
4: that. Kenseth, Kenseth is on the poll with uh, Ryan Blaney outside. You know what? I, I
7: mean, Blaney's been you know, fast this year, and I mean, I'd love to see him. I mean, he, he deserved to win one earlier this year, so I'm going to go with plenty.
4: How about Priscilla the masseuse? Who's her pick for Richmond tonight <laughs> or tomorrow? We'll, we'll give her Junior. How's that? I think her pick okay. is Eddie. <laughs> She's
7: going to go with Junior.
4: Junior, I like it. Jeff, what do you think? Uh, I am going to go with Martin Truex Jr. All right. Very good. And then uh, coming up next, we're going to have a sports flash. We'll get you update with all the Green Bay Packer draft picks. And after that, we're going to talk with Pat Heaney about the Hales Corner. No, oh, we're not talking to Pat Heaney. He was unable to He's come on. He's well, unavailable. Eddie, you want to hang on? Oh, sure. All right. We're going to hang sure. on to Eddie as uh, Eddie, as Pat is unable to come on, and we'll talk to Eddie Lepine, when we come back on the final inspection show brought to you by Legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, and Milwaukee Area and Napa Auto Care Centers. Milwaukee, start your engines.
1: It's time to talk all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Dennis Michelson, and Laurie Monroe from racetalkradio.com. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Driven by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Now, Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki.
4: Back to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in new, new Grove, Wisconsin. Make sure to get out there this spring at Great Lakes Dragway. A lot of new new improvements out at the drag strip. Great racing, great fun, and great food at Great Lakes Dragway. And also our friends at the Milwaukee area Napa Auto Care Center. As they can be found on the web at milwcar.com. Of course, continuing to join us on, on the Great Midwest Bank. Hotline and the massage table. It's Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Brett, Eddie, you've spent a few nights at uh, the Hales Corners Speedway, haven't you?
7: Oh yes, yes oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I actually, used to uh, take my car off after high school and drive around in it on it with with the Cation boys.
4: Yeah, chasing you as well as he would have. as gent should have you, crazy man, you. Uh, Well, good news. On uh, Sunday, September 17th, uh, Pat Heaney is doing a reunion uh, get-together show, and it's going to be at the VFW Post 5716, 5716. That's at 179th and Beloit in uh, New Berlin. Should be a really cool show. We're going to have a bunch of old race cars out there, a bunch of the old drivers and, and, and people that worked at Hales Corner Speedway will be out there. Should be a lot of fun. John Sergis and, and his group with the Vintage Modified group will be out there. So it should be a lot of fun. And then uh, Red Adams, uh, one of the famous names in local racing. I mean, he was, he's been there since the beginning. He was at the first Milwaukee Stock Car meeting back in 1948. Uh, he's going to have his uh, get-together out there and birthday party. That's going to be part of the event. Uh, out at this uh, event on September 17th, the VFW post in New Berlin. should be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll have more details as, as they come forward, but it should be pretty cool. It's a good chance to catch up with a, a bunch of friends, and we're going to have a swap meet in there. We're going to have a bunch of guys in there with uh, old die-cast uh, race cars and models and, then of course, a lot of photos too. And Pat has uh, amassed a huge uh, – uh, archive of uh, local uh, Milwaukee racing which is pretty cool and a lot of that stuff is available to the public so if you have an old friend or family member that used to race and you don't have a photo it'd be a great opportunity to get out there do some research find out you know if Uncle Bob or whoever raced maybe at Cedarburg or Hills Corners or Slinger back in the day uh, there's a good chance that Pat might have a photo of him so it should be a good event and uh, Eddie I think you should come up here for that.
7: Oh sure, Are you gonna put it on the in the budget?
4: Yeah, <laughs> yes. I will. I will talk to uh, Parker about that and make sure uh, we fly you up here. Now, I, I know for sure we won't be able to fly you up uh, first class, but maybe we can. Uh, we might be able to fly you in coach or, or cargo,
7: oh, or maybe on Amtrak.
4: Yeah. Oh, Amtrak for sure. Yeah, we can definitely do that. So. I can't remember last time somebody got thrown off an Amtrak train, though, so at least there's or a... Little...
7: Or bus.
4: Yeah, Uh Yeah. Should be a lot of fun.
7: I I will be up for the IndyCar race.
4: Uh, That's it's, going to be an epic event, of course, at, at Road America, and make sure to check out all the great stuff there at roadamerica.com, a great supporter of this show, and uh, we will have... Uh, While we hopefully we'll have Lynn St. James on later this after the bottom of the hour, have her on the show. We're going to talk up the SVRA event that's coming up there, and I think is it two or three weeks up at Road America, uh, vintage racing, and then also a dinner that uh, Lynn and David Hobbs is doing uh, Thursday night. So it should be a lot of fun. So what's the latest at RacingNation.com, Eddie? Well, I mean next weekend at
7: Coda is IMSA is going to be back. Running and we're I'm not going to be at that event, but uh, we're going to do a preview and we're going to have some stories up about Kenton Cook, uh, who won last weekend in the new IMSA prototype class at Barber, his first race with that, one of our drivers that we've been following for the last five years. And uh, we're just looking forward to the upcoming season.
4: You bet. And then, of course, uh, also uh, uh, make sure to check out the Jack Webster archive on racingnation.com. Uh, Jack's been uh, shooting uh, uh, races since about 1970. It's got a lot of great archival uh, stuff that that, that is uh, at theracingnation.com. A lot of great stuff. I had some of his stuff in my Road America book I did a couple of years ago. So it's, uh, make sure you check out all of that. Uh, we're also, uh, Eddie, we're going to be having Sparky's take. Uh, Sparky's going to chime in on the Dale Earnhardt Jr. retirement coming up here yeah. in just a moment. What, you, do you have any final thoughts on uh, Dale Earnhardt's uh, retirement, impending retirement?
7: Well, I just think, you know, I mean, the couple of crashes he's had and now with him getting married, and I, I just think, you know, I mean, he's not doing it for the money.
4: Yeah, that's and, for sure. Uh, and Jeff totally agrees I, with you on that. And he's not doing it for
5: the love of racing either, because if he was, he'd be racing past 42 years old.
7: Exactly. You know, I, I just think, you know, when you start having crashes like that, I mean, let's face it, we don't know the truth. Actually, only him and his doctors do. But, you know, you start thinking about having another one and being, you know, like Michael Schumacher or something like that, it it starts playing in your head. And now he has a life; he can do other things. He'll be up in the booth. Pretty soon, all the NASCAR drivers are going to be in the booth. <laughs> it
4: seems because that way. Well, I think
7: they're going to have to expand the booth size.
4: Right. Or or kick you some know? or kick some people out. Uh, n- nobody in particular. I'm not
7: mentioning names. Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> Jeff Gordon. <clears throat> as I I. Interviewed Ray Abraham. I, I think Jeff Gordon is probably the best. Oh yeah, He's ever. Fantastic. To be up in the
4: booth. Yeah, he is really good, and he. he uh, oh, sadly, he really well. I I am I'm, I'm gonna leave DW alone. I'll just leave it that day. Yes, Jeff Gordon uh, is fantastic in the booth, and I really enjoy his commentary. He brings. He he is exactly what a commentator. Uh, a driver's commentator should be. He should be telling us that stuff that we w- we wouldn't and should not know. You know, stuff that a driver would feel in the car or ways, dis- or, you know, a way a car is acting or reacting that uh, the normal fan uh, would not know, which unfortunately has been lost over the last few years and and across the board. I yeah. think in, in in on a few broadcasts. Well,
7: he he definitely gives more of a technical, uh huh, you know. Of right. what's going on with the car, and that's you know what I enjoy. I mean, I've watched more NASCAR this year than uh, in normal, just because I'm tuned into Jeff Gordon the way he presents. Yep. What's happening on the track, and I I actually told him that when I ran into him at Daytona. I mean, uh, at the 24 hour race when he started doing some of these, you know. As commentary. he should be.
4: That's a guy. Yeah, he should be doing uh, running some of these races like that because I think it would really. It's a, nice, it's a nice cherry on the top of a very uh, rewarding career he's at. We're talking to Eddie Lapine on the great Midwest Bank hotline. Coming up, we're going to have Sparky's take on the Dale Earnhardt Jr. retirement. And then after a quick break, we'll also hear further from Dennis Michelson and Laurie Monroe on their take on the world of NASCAR. Eddie, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show. We'll chat with you next week. And coming up now is Sparky's take
3: on final inspection Steve Sparky Pfeiffer here you are there Steve Zotke and others and let me tell you something what did I tell you didn't I tell you at the beginning of the year Dale Earnhardt Jr. should call it quits finito dunzo bye bye go home and sit in your rocker why because of health 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 issues he shouldn't have raced this year and now comes news that he's done after this year and he is retiring and It really is too bad that he's not going to be able to uh, finish this thing out uh, the way you'd want Dale uh, Earnhardt uh, Jr. to finish this out with a championship or otherwise, but still a pretty good career. I know everybody's going to look at him and say, well, he was a bust. He wasn't his daddy, yada, yada, yada. I don't care. It was still a pretty solid career. And if you think back, DEI really is where he kind of had a lot of his success. And after he left and went to Hendrick Motorsports, I remember doing Sparky's Midday Madness back in the back years ago, and I broadcasted that press conference live when he announced he was going there in the middle of the week. Uh, and I remember saying he better win championships chips in order for this uh, to prove that Dale Earnhardt Jr. is as good as he was or thought to be, uh, leaving DEI and the whole thing with Teresa Earnhardt and all that fun stuff. Uh, well, it didn't work out that way for Dale Earnhardt Jr. But the one thing Dale J- Earnhardt Jr. did do was bring a ton of notoriety and popularity to the sport of NASCAR. And if nothing else, he maintained what his dad uh, left when he was tragically killed uh, in Daytona. Now, what will NASCAR do? They don't have an answer. There is not another Earnhardt to turn to uh, to carry the flag. Most of these races are dominated by Dale Earnhardt Jr. fans. What, 80 90% of the fan base are Earnhardt fans? Where do those fans go? Do they pick another driver, or do they, say, do they say goodbye to the sport? My fear is they say goodbye to the sport after this year, uh, and it's going to be a sad, sad day for NASCAR. I'm not convinced that Blaney or Chase Elliott or Larson or any of these guys uh, have the type of personality or the it factor that it takes uh, to hold a fan base the way Dale Earnhardt Jr. did. Jimmy Johnson probably isn't that far away from retiring either. Not that he has a huge fan base, but that is another star in the sport. Uh, So I don't know. I think NASCAR is in a lot of trouble. I don't know how they're going to rebound from Dale Earnhardt Jr. walking away. I guess we'll have to wait and see what TV ratings reflect uh, starting in uh, next season in 2018, 2019, 2020. We'll have a good idea by 2020 uh, how much of an impact Dale Earnhardt Jr. leaving had on this sport. But congratulations to Dale Earnhardt Jr. for making the right decision uh, and worrying about his health over anything else. And he's got a girl now, the whole deal. So enjoy retirement, Dale Earnhardt Jr. And you guys enjoy the rest of your Saturday.
0: Welcome back to the final inspection. 105.7 FM, The Fan Dennis Michelson from RacetalkRadio.com, along with Lori Monroe. You know what that means, folks. It's time to talk NASCAR. Lori, just another ho-hum week in the NASCAR (laughs) news scene. I just, you know, the race got rained out on Sunday, had to be made up on Monday. And since then, there really hasn't been anything important going on in the NASCAR news.
8: Yeah, I hate when we have such dull weeks like this. And the race being on a Monday makes it shorter, at least a shorter week. So this dull week that we've had, you know, was only about four days long. So we'll yeah. get through it. I'm sure we'll get over it. You
0: know, last week we had Matt Kenseth retiring. This oh, week, yeah. the the news story that Dale Earnhardt Jr. was retiring. W- wait a minute. That second one really happened. It did. How? How crazy, coming on the heels of these (laughs) phony retirements. When you first saw this, did you think this was another bogus story?
8: I didn't. In my heart, I have sort of expected this, and I'm kind of happy that it happened. You know what stunned me most, or what sort of set me back most a lot more than this retirement announcement, was him announcing last year that he had to step away from his car That, to me, was more earth-shattering and shocking than what we all sort of thought might be inevitable this year. You know, I didn't know that he would retire this year, but it's sooner than later is is how I looked at it. The fact that going into this season, he said he sort of wanted to feel how he was in the car before he made any long-term commitments with the— Hendrick Motorsports and that type of thing. So, it was just sort of these one of these deals just sort of play it out, see how it happens. So, announcing it is, you know, it's sort of a it's a wow moment, but it doesn't shock me. It really doesn't shock me, and all I feel about it is is relief. I feel great that he's in such control of his situation the way he wants it to be and he can make this announcement. I think it's fabulous. I think the future, whatever happens with Junior, it's going to be pretty exciting for him. The only
0: thing that I was surprised about with this announcement wasn't so much the announcement itself. It was just the timing. I I really didn't expect it this week. And I'm not sure when exactly I expected it. Maybe sometime towards the early summer. I wasn't shocked to hear him say he was retiring, but I was a little shocked that it came so quickly. And once again, another announcement where it was not preceded by anyone breaking the story.
8: Well, I think that's the whole key to the whole thing and why it was announced now. You know how it is. You always start hearing these rumors and these stories are being tossed out there. I, I think that, and you know how it is in the garage area, rumors start and then people just run with it. I think this is a great way to do it. You just get it out in the open, make an announcement before somebody else does. Because you know this won't lay silent forever. They've been talking about this for a while behind the scenes. Somebody would leak it. And then all they have to do is, is start trying to explain things away. It's distracting from their year. It'll be distracting. Uh, you know, it's going to be distracting enough now. They're on track performance and everything. But I just think it's such a relief just to get it out there and move on and not have to run around and answer questions and try not to spill the beans and make sure everybody in your close-knit circle doesn't say a darn thing. I think this is the way to do it. I think the whole thing is being handled well.
0: Quickly, as soon as the news came out, we heard everything from, well, I guess this is the year he'll finally win that title. NASCAR will make sure of that, to, well, here comes Carl Edwards. He's got his new seat. You know, it's just almost disrespectful how quick some of the jabber jabber started uh, as soon as this announcement was made official.
8: But that's human nature. That's just how people are. They always want to, they don't just want to have a final on anything. They have to make plans in their mind for what's next. Everybody has to plan for junior. Everybody has to plan for junior nation. And we got to know who's next. And all the talk has been this week about what up and coming driver will be the next, you know, uh, top favorite driver in the garage or the, the most favorite fan with the drivers and, and, It's such pressure being put on everybody. You don't just, nobody can proclaim themselves a favorite driver. It's just going to happen. So whatever happens next, just let it happen organically. And, you know, the Carl Edwards deal, and nobody's mentioning Greg Biffle. You know, where was Greg Biffle's parade when he retired? Like, nobody went around freaking out over Biffle. So people just need to let it just ride out. Just enjoy the year.
0: We've seen just about every possible driver rumored to be looking at that ride everybody from guys who have a seat right now in cup that would be making sort of a transfer to Hendrick Motorsports other guys like uh, Byron William or is it William Byron Um, William
8: Byron (laughs) yeah the the man
0: with two first names um, who's in the Xfinity series right now with Hendrick equipment through uh, Junior Motorsports We've heard um, Alex Bowman's name thrown out there. Heck, I even heard Snot Willard's name pop up, but that was Snot well, yeah. saying he wanted the well, job. Well, of course. Of course. Um, and, and apparently called Hendrick Motorsports, and it didn't go well. But if you were in charge, if all of a sudden Mr. H gave you a call and said, "Lori Monroe, I need your help," the sponsors will take anybody for this ride. They're they're uh, you know that has talent. It's not a sponsor decision here. I'm just looking for the most talented driver without a ride right now or the the talented free agent. Who would you put in that seat next year?
8: I would look no farther than Alex Bowman. Look what he did last year. This guy is already a part of the circle. This kid is out bike riding with Dale Jr. If this kid is not a hand-picked replacement, I don't know who is. This reminds me of... Back when when Dale Sr. was sort of, they were looking around for somebody to fill his shoes when he retired, which would have been inevitable, and it was Kevin Harvick. And Kevin Harvick at the time was just sort of, oh, you know, who's this guy? Well, it's really not much different than Bowman. Bowman might even have more history coming into this deal than Harvick did at the time. I think Bowman, as a guy with with no baggage, it's not like he's, he's got a stamp from somebody else on him that he's going to have to try and wear off to become the Hendrick guy. He already is. So why not go with him? I think build a future with Alex Bowman. He can obviously, he can obviously drive. So why not? Give him a chance.
0: Kid won a poll last year as he exactly. was subbing, and Junior thought so much of that he, he insisted on the kid getting the ride for the uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Bush Clash or whatever the heck they called that race. Le- this it was year. the Clash. It was yeah. the Clash again. I, yep. I, I'm so confused.
8: Oh, I know. Every two years it's something else, but it is the Clash. That's crazy.
0: crazy. So they gave him a shot at that. This is another kid who came up that same open wheel background way. And the first time I saw him race was when he was 14 years old. And the kid's amazing. He's got incredible talent. It's another out of the Kyle Larson mold. I just so hope he gets a shot.
8: Would be nice.
0: Well, folks, it is time for us to step out, take a quick break. You're listening to the final inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan.
1: This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 1057 FM, The Fan.
4: And welcome back to the final inspection show brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee area, Napa Auto Care Centers. They can be found on the web at MILWCAR.com. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank hotline is SCCA Hall of Fame driver, Indy (laughs) Indy 500 veteran Lynn St. James. Welcome to the show, Lynn.
6: Well, thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. I haven't been called that. I mean, I've never been called that publicly before.
4: <laughs> well, congratulations on that honor. And then uh, you're, you're out of Phoenix this weekend, and that's a pretty neat deal. they got a large uh, contingent of vintage uh, Indy cars and whatnot, and you got to sit in the same car I got to sit in uh, when I was a kid, and that's Bobby Unzer's Olsenite Eagle. Tell us about that.
6: Well, I was very um, excited about uh, being able to – get not only sit in it but actually maybe get to turn some laps in it here during the the vintage uh sort of exhibition laps. but unfortunately when i got here they they knew they had a, a leak in the fuel cell but unfortunately that was a bigger leak than they thought they put five gallons in and literally the the Uh-oh. you know the fuel just drained out so um they couldn't run the car at all but i said i want to sit in it at least so, uh, <laughs> so i did get to sit in it um and i mean to be honest that's actually Part of the experience, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so, um, and so that that was meaningful to me. And and uh, so I, I got to watch all the other cars go around, and there was some huge variety of of uh, you know vintage cars and, and other types of vintage uh, uh, open wheel cars. So it was quite a show.
4: Excellent, excellent. And of course, uh, there'll be some vintage racing up at Road America, and that that's coming up uh, in May uh, for the spring festival. And uh, you'll be up here for that, won't you?
6: I will. I'm very excited about it. I, I have not been back to, to Road America. I'm uh, kind of ashamed to say it in a long time. I mean, it, it is the place that I had my first professional win for Ford Motor Company in 1985 in the Camel GT race there with uh, John, co-driving with Johnny Jones. So, um, you know, I love the track, and, and I, I was there many times after, or a few times after that, really not many. And so, But I have not been back in years. I can't remember the last time I was there. And uh, so I'm very excited about coming back and, and seeing all of the improvements and all the changes that have been made there. And, and of course, uh, this year, besides uh, working with uh, David Hobbs with their historic the, the Elkhart Lake Historical Preservation Society uh, on that Thursday night, I'll be out at the track on both Friday, and Saturday, because we're going to be bringing some students out there from the RPM Foundation um, and you know, kind of show them around and show what's possible. What's necessary? What goes on to be able to put a car like that, not just on a racetrack, but just to restore a car like mm-hmm. that, to be able to keep it and preserve it um, of all the variety of cars that are out there. And of course, they're also going to have the the Mazda Heritage. I can't wait to see that because it'll be cool just to see that as part of the of the vintage world now. So, I have a, a Miata, by the way. So I'm not oh, going to ever cool. race it, but yeah. <laughs> I have one. I have the 1990, one of the first years. So. Um, so anyway, it'll, it's going to be a fun weekend, and I'm excited about coming back to uh, to Road America for sure.
4: Well, and and Tony Perella, who we both know very well, who runs SVRA, has brought on uh, the MX five uh, Miatas into you know vintage racing. And uh, you know, I get some people come up to me, I said, I can't believe that, you know, uh, they're they're running these cars. I go, well, you know, the first Miatas are 27 years old now, and they kind of scratch their heads. They're like. Wow, and I said, "Yeah, right. pick it." You know, picture yourself in nineteen eighty-seven, seeing a nineteen sixty Ford. You are basically looking at that same time frame, <laughs> and, then, and then they go, "Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess, that, and you know, it, it's a great way for people who are interested in vintage racing to get into it. It's a very cost, you know, very cost affordable way of doing that. And these are not complicated cars, and you can work on your own cars. And you know, vintage racing has really opened up a lot of doors. I got a couple of friends in uh, in Indianapolis that. That are restoring indie cars, and these are guys that worked for Chip Ganassi and Dan Gurney and that back in the day, and they've they've found a second, you know, uh, vocation working on these basically the same cars now, you know, restoring them and yeah. whatnot. So, yeah, vintage yeah, okay. racing no, it's, is
6: it's a it's a it's a career, like you said, for a second career for
4: mm-hmm.
6: people that worked on those cars in their in their prime, and then it's also a new career potential and opportunity for young people to realize that hey, there, there's absolutely you know, these cars, the hands that can work on them, but also that it require skills and, and knowledge. And so, uh, and when it comes to the things like the, the Miata, I mean, there's huge volume of those cars that started racing when they came, you know, and Mazda's been such a big supporter of motorsports. And mm-hmm. so for these folks to be able to have a home to go racing, I think uh, is makes a lot of sense. And, you know, vintage means so many different things in the world of motorsports. I mean, I still, when I show people pictures of the, 2008 Ford GT that I raced at Indy last year, that's a vintage race, you know, but it's mm-hmm. like, hey, that that's a more current car that I'd ever been in, you know, and, and the 2008 Indy Lights car that I ran at it, the vintage, at SBRA and vintage. That's Those were the most current cars I've ever raced. So, um, you know, it's its really cool because it, it's wide open. And the way I look at it, if, if a car's not eligible to race in a current series um, competitively, then it's eligible to race in vintage. And so these cars were designed... To, to, be on a racetrack and people buy them because they want to be on a racetrack. And so this is a safe, organized, uh, fun way to, um, to be able to exercise your skill and exercise your passion.
4: Yeah. And there's so many different, you know, like you were saying, there's so many different components of vintage racing that, you know, so, somebody that may not be in that interested in, uh, open wheel racing or formula cars are more of a muscle car person. Well, then there's the Trans Am racing. And of course you, you've been very involved in that throughout your career and, we, we had a an event we did together in Sebring last year that was incredible with all the, the guys that came down for that, guys like George Falmer and that, and you were down there, and, and you've had the chance to run some of those vintage cars. Uh, tell us about that, getting back to those cars.
6: Well, I mean, it's, you know, actually the cars from the 60s, you know, it was before my time. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> so, yeah. And you, that was you, the <laughs> prime but that was the prime of the Trans you know, mm-hmm. series. And and I certainly learned about it after the fact, but I never followed it. Then I didn't even know about it. I mean, so it was just, you know, before I even knew about really about any type of racing other than the Indianapolis 500 and drag racing. Those are the only two things I knew about in the 60s. But um, and those cars, you know, are some of them have been updated a little bit so that they handle a little better and they break a little better. Um, but at the same time, they, you know, they sound great and they're still the sedans-looking cars that were running back in the 60s, you know. So it sort of brings back memories for so many people that were huge fans of the Trans Am series back in the 60s. So, you know, it's it's exciting for the fans of that era that they could see the cars run again. And then at the same time, I think it, you know, it, because the cars really run good, it's actually fun for the people that own them and, and drive those cars So, and race those cars.
4: We're talking with uh, Lynn St. James on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. And then, of course, uh, Thursday, May 18th, it should be a lot of fun Thursday night at the Seepkins Resort uh, dinner with uh, Lynn St. James and David Hobbs. It should be a lot of fun. And uh, if you've ever done uh, a dinner with David Hobbs where he's speaking, it's (laughs) certainly a lot of fun, isn't it, Lynn?
6: (laughs) Exactly. I was going to say, David will take care of all the entertainment factor. <laughs> and, and I'll just try to ride along and inform as, as best I can. But you know, David's always a hoot, so I, I always enjoy being with him.
4: And this is a, a neat organization, the Historic uh, Race Circuits of uh, Elkhart Lake. and they they've I was talking about with David uh, a week or two ago about this event and, and what they've been able to do. And, and they've been able to restore and, and keep that track that was used before the current racetrack, uh, were, in which they raced over county roads and county highways, uh, keeping those roads pretty much the same they were when guys like Phil Hill and uh, Briggs Cunningham raced on those tracks in 1950, 52, and 53. So it should be a lot of fun, and looking forward to seeing you uh, out there in uh, in a few weeks.
6: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you, I always say you can't make history. You either have it or you, you don't. You know, it, it, you can't make it up, and, and people will, you know, spot that from a, you know, from, from right a thousand miles away or whatever. So I think it is great to be able to preserve the history. It's like when we go to Watkins Glen and we get to, mm-hmm. you know, do the reconnaissance laps of the track there. And, and I mean, history is, is, you know, it's, it, it brings, um, excitement to a lot of people and it, it, it sort of raises the awareness. I think it isn't just about the cars, but it's about celebrating the history. And I think it's great that they're doing that at cart Lake as well. So, um, I'm, I'm just honored to be a part of it. And, and, uh, and looking forward to coming back. And hopefully a lot of people will come out for the the Vintage uh, Spring Festival out there. And, and I guess you can buy tickets to the dinner. I don't know. I think that, that it's open for people to buy tickets to the dinner Thursday night. So. Yep,
4: you can. You can uh, make sure you check out uh, them on Facebook. And then also our show is a website, the Final Inspection page on Facebook. And I'll also make sure I tweet that out, that information for tickets available. And like uh, Lynn said, don't forget about the SVRA Spring Festival. And also her book. You can still get your book on uh On your yeah. website can't you
6: you can you can you can order it on amazon.com as well but um but you can also get it on my website and uh if you on my website, if you put in whatever little notation if if you want it personalized, I will do that so can't do that on the Amazon ones, but definitely can do it on the ones off my website
4: All right, looking forward to it, and we certainly appreciate you coming on the show today and, and for we're we're glutton for punishment here what's what's the temperature no, out right. in Phoenix?
6: It's actually lovely. Yesterday was so windy um, that it was, we were all eating stuff uh, yesterday. And that's why there's such a spread on the grid. I think of the Indy cars is because they just, what with, they weren't quite sure how much downforce to put down to keep the cars on the track. But today it looks like it's going to be calm and it's going to be high of 82. So beautiful. Sunny and gorgeous. Yes.
4: Who's your, who's your pick out there uh, tonight for the Indy car race? Who do you think well, going to win? It's
6: hard. It's hard, but I mean, it's, you know Penske seems to have it figured out, so it's going to probably be one of the Penske drivers. Like, it's hard to know of that group which mm-hmm. one, but uh, I mean Elliot's on the pole, and he certainly has had success and, and um, knows the track. And, and but I can't. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of good ones, so I don't. I don't have a personal favorite. I mean, they're all as long as it's a safe race. And uh, but if I had to put a, my money on somebody, I'd say at least as a Penske driver.
4: Very good. Thank you. It's Lynn St. James on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. You've been listening to The Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers on the web at milwcar.com.
0: Welcome back to The Final Inspection, 105.7 FM. Dennison and Lori Tuck and NASCAR on a Saturday afternoon. Ah, yes, folks, when you hear that musical choice, you know it's time. Ah, yes, it is that time to blow up somebody still. Lori Monroe, tell folks at home how this works.
8: How it works is if you're very, 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 very upset at something that has happened in racing, you want to blow them up, just the way the old revenues and the cops and all those people used to blow up stills out in the hills, in people's backyards, out moonshining. So you can send Dennis or I an email or hit us up on Facebook. Head over to racetalkradio.com. You can contact us from there, and we can, uh, we can pick some of the best ones to read out on the air.
0: And I understand that this week we do have a guest do. still blower.
8: We do. We have a message from Justin also known as Butterboy, and his suggestion to blow up something. He actually has two of them. One is the tire rule, where you have to start the race on your qualifying tires. He says they should be able to start with fresh tires. And number two is the qualifying itself. The single car qualifying was awesome, and now it's just not fun. You can't see how fast someone's really going. So uh, those are the two that Justin has this week, and I have one. I... I want to blow up all of the horrible, horrible, mean, vulgar things that were said on Facebook during the live streaming of Dale Jr.'s retirement. Ooh. It was a Facebook live feed. I can't believe how absolutely vulgar some people were at their comments about Dale Jr. What wow. is wrong with these people?
0: Wow. That, I, I did not watch it on Facebook Live. It was painful.
8: Yeah, it was horrible. And yeah. you know how Facebook Live is. You're looking at the picture and you've got all these scrolling comments that are going faster than the speed of light. These people are psycho. Some of these people are absolutely psycho.
0: Well, my still blowing this week is, is sort of on the same subject, but slightly different. Mm-hmm. It's all the people that hate Dale Earnhardt Jr., for no reason other than he's the son of Dale Earnhardt. Like it's this you know, I've seen saw some postings on Facebook about the oh, yeah. the you know, the, the spawn of Satan finally retiring oh, yeah. and all these nasty, nasty comments. Now, first of all, I can understand why somebody wouldn't have liked Dale Earnhardt. Dale Earnhardt, you either loved him or you didn't like him. There was really no middle ground with this man. Uh, During his racing days, now everybody has loved him in the rearview mirror. More people profess their love for the man after he died. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is such a different personality than his dad. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has never done anything mean-spirited to any of these people that hate him nor to any other driver in NASCAR nor to any media person in NASCAR ever. Yeah. I don't I, have we ever seen a nicer guy in this sport?
8: No. Not at all. Not at all.
0: He's kind of like this generation's Benny Parsons. You can't hate mm-hmm. Benny Parsons. You can't you shouldn't be able to hate Dale Earnhardt Jr., but this hatred That has nothing to do with the man himself, but
8: who he's related to is insane. I bet Junior would even like a buffet, wouldn't he? Oh. (laughs) Probably load that paper plate up like nobody's business.
0: Yeah, he does have a barbecue thing going. He He does. He loves that barbecue. So some very good still blowings this week and I don't know. I already have a winner.
8: I already have a winner. You have a winner? Go ahead and
0: pick your winner.
8: I, I'm I'm blowing up Butterboy because the tire rule is a part of strategy. To be able like to save that. your tires and go out and race is, is the way to do it. And I really enjoy seeing more than one car out on the tractor and qualifying. I think it's a lot more exciting to sit in your nice chair and watch them out there. So I'm blowing up Butterboy altogether. Your still blowing and my still blowing are connected because it's exactly the same thing basically so you and I are fine we're just blowing up butterboy
0: i think butterboy's uh still blowings deserve <laughs> deserve blowing so for butterboy butterboy is blows <laughs> anybody with a nickname like butterboy deserves <laughs> deserves recognition I I anyway i gave him the nickname i think <laughs> yes you did Yes, you did. But great to see our first celebrity uh, still blowing of the season. So fired up, General Mattis. Ah, nothing like the sound <laughs> of explosives. That's oh, that's a to, wonderful
8: thing.
0: It's <laughs> one way to melt your butter as well. You're listening to the final inspection on 1057 FM, The Fan.
5: Thank you, Dennis and Lori. Jeff Orlowski, Steve Zaki, back in the studio.
4: Well, the Green Bay Packers are about to draft here. Let's see here. We got one, two, three, four, about five, six, seven, eight drafts. But it's been a busy day so far for the Packers, hasn't it?
5: Yeah, it sure has. Uh, You know, the first pick today, they picked first in the the fourth round, which, of course, they took Vince Beagle, the linebacker out of Wisconsin, 6'3", 246. A lot of people are saying that he might end up having a better year than T.J. Watt or a better career than T.J. Watt. So that uh, that's a heck of uh, an endorsement there. And then uh, also in the fourth round, they picked up Jamal Williams, running back, six foot two, twelve out of BYU.
4: Yeah, he's uh, he's in a, a kind of an up upright runner. He likes to use a stiff arm. Kind of, kind of the same. Kind of, I guess you could call him like an Eddie Lacy type. He's definitely gonna be a little bit of a change up from uh what somebody like uh, Christian Michael would bring.
5: Yeah, that's what it seems like. Uh you know, it seems like he can kind of be kind of be the a punisher, you yeah. know, between the tackles, can he, can lay the shoulder into you. And-
4: I don't I don't I don't think it would be uh unexpected to see, you know, Ty Montgomery is kind of your wild card and then uh Jamal Williams is your punisher, and then Christine uh, Christian Michael as your third bound third down back. That
5: sounds like a heck of a trio to me, especially when you've got a team that doesn't rely on the run as much when you know, and why should you when you got Aaron Rodgers with the mm-hmm. golden arm standing
4: back there? So it should be interesting to see what these other picks bring up. Uh look for them, I think, to continue on offense. So
5: Yeah, you know, they the first four picks were were very defensive heavy. I think they need uh, to go, and they need to address a little bit of uh, depth on the offensive line, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see a a guard or a tackle taken on the offensive line. But uh, with Ted, he keeps us
4: guessing. You betcha. I'd like to thank uh, Lynn St. James for coming on the show, Dennis Michelson, of course, and Eddie Lapine, and look forward to chatting with you next week on the Final Inspection Show.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,